Hello, good afternoon, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Thanks for joining in today on the Digital Marketing Podcast and Video Series, where we talk about digital marketing strategies to help grow your business. Today, we're going to cover seven savvy business growth strategies gleaned from marketing campaign data. You know, we've talked at length on the on this show about different ways to grow your business. We've talked about producing large quantities of quality content at scale, contextual to your audience. Uh, we've covered that that topic many times, but these seven savvy business growth strategies that you can really glean from your digital marketing campaign data. I think are really essential. And, and these seven strategies are, are not anything that are rocket science. They're, they're really based on best practices, but I don't think that we've connected them with the data that can be gleaned when you run a successful digital marketing campaign, because uh, there's a lot of insight that comes from running a volume of contextual, localized, creative um, that you're, that you're going to glean from your digital marketing campaign. So let's jump right into it. Number one, if you're going to grow your business in 2020, you're going to have to think about the people growth equation. It's, it's inevitable. You're, you're going to need at some level more people to be able to handle, uh, you know, increase in, in product requests, increase in orders, increase in, uh, clients served, Whatever your, your, your business model is, the people equation is going to come into play, which makes me think about uh, the book series. If you haven't checked out the Traction series by Gino Wickman that we did earlier in the year, um, it's a 12-week series that we did on Gino Wickman's book, best-selling book, Traction. Highly recommend you check out that series. But one of the points that it brings out is having the right people in the right seat. And I think that that's really critical. So if you're running digital marketing campaign and you're publishing content, one of the things that's going to happen as a natural occurrence or, or, or result of producing this content, you are going to become, if done right, an industry thought leader. If you're going to publish content at scale and demonstrate that you are an authority on your particular product service area, you're gonna come across as an industry leader. And not only does that attract new clients, but it's also going to attract potential talent. Anytime you have innovation or, or new ideas or demonstrate growth as an industry, when you're doing that at scale on the internet through social, the social web, you're going to attract new talent that wants to be part of a relevant brand in that industry. So number one is the people growth equation and don't underestimate the effect of finding the right person and having them in the right seat by attracting them through publishing content at scale to establish yourself as an industry thought leader. Number two, uh, scaling your capacity. Obviously, if you're going to grow your business, you're going to have to increase your capacity to be able to execute 
and provide services at a greater scale. And so I think one of the things that a business would be really savvy and clever to figure out is when you have a podcast and you are doing regular podcast series on your industry, you're going to attract vendors who want to provide services to the groups of people that you provide uh, valuable information to. And so imagine if those vendors that come to you and request, hey, I'd love to be on your show, if they're providing ancillary services or products to people who, again, a competitor is not going to come to you and say, hey, I'd like to be on your podcast. But someone who provides, you know, an ancillary product to what you do would want to get in front of your clients. And who knows, you might develop a relationship with that vendor and they sought you out. Right. Again, so that's maximizing your time. But it's also opening your eyes to innovations and ideas because they've thought about how to solve your problems and your customers' problems by the product or service that they provide and how it might work in, you know, you've got to figure out how could we collaborate? How could we work together um, in order to scale capacity? The other component, I think, that will come out of digital marketing strategies as it relates to scaling capacity is hashtags. I think the hashtags that will that will be often associated with your content you should be doing your own due diligence to find out and identify what those hashtags are. But the community of people that are in your industry, they're going to be using those hashtags as well. And don't underestimate the, the freelancers or the gig economy solo practitioners who are out there who are performing the same types of services who could use a, a more steady flow of work opportunities uh, through a collaborative relationship with you. So again, if you're looking at the scaling capacity issue you're going to run into in uh, growing your business through the the data and insight that you'll find through your digital marketing campaigns is going to be hashtags and the community of people and individuals who may be solo practitioners in the gig economy or freelancers that you might be able to subcontract uh, if the fit is right. Number three would absolutely have to be feedback loops. I love feedback loops through digital marketing campaigns because when you're able to, well, first of all, you have to assume you're going to stop serving vanilla creative. And what I mean by that vanilla creative is I'm talking about trying to, you know, kind of cram your message into a one size fits all uh, piece of creative to, to try to reach all the different variations of interest and motivations that really drive, uh, that are the decision drivers of your market. So when you can segment your creative and create this content at scale, that's then segmented into these different audience groups, male, female, um, you know, 20s to 30s, 40s to 50s, 50s to 60s, however you break up your segment audience buckets, if you will. So by age, by location, then by interest and by, my, by motivations, the data and insight really helps you to identify customer trends, consumer trends, as well as help you to think about product or service innovation of your own product, because you're going to get that constant feedback loop from 
you know, what they're saying. Here's the other thing to think about with feedback loops in a digital marketing campaign um, when executed at scale. The, the feedback and, and those trends really can help you think about disruption in your industry and, and try to get in front of and remain relevant um, and not find yourself in a place where you're having to close your, your doors and shut down businesses uh, like we've seen in 2019 major brands like JCPenney's and Dress Barn and uh, CVS and so many others uh, who have closed their doors because they were not relevant in a contextual, localized, interest-based um, segment. So remember, feedback loops can provide you with insight so that you can continue to innovate and stay relevant in today's marketplace. Number four would be having targeted audiences and leveraging underpriced attention. Now, I don't care if underpriced attention means, you know, uh, putting putting a sign on the side of a, a, a 18 wheeler, you know, that drives around your town 24 seven that everyone sees. And the guy is grossly underselling his services because he needs to make money. You know, that would be underpriced attention because he's in front of everyone everywhere. Right now, underpriced attention is Facebook and Instagram story ads and YouTube pre-roll videos. Now, are there other um, underpriced attentions? There very well could be in your local market. Maybe you've got a radio station that is struggling to survive and drive time radio. They have slashed their, their rates by 85% then you buy. So when you're able to really have targeted audience groups and really leverage underpriced attention when it comes to getting your message in front of the right people at the right place at the right price, what that does for your business is it adds profit to the bottom line. It adds a healthy P&L statement for your business because you've got to avoid overspending, you've got to avoid, um, you know, inflated advertising rates for outdated media sources who are who are just struggling to stay alive. So, you know, I see this a lot in, in small markets where, you know, the, the newspaper or the television is, is really struggling to, you know, keep its doors open because the internet is absolutely suffocating it because people can get their own news and their own information and their own sales opportunities from the internet. And they don't have to rely on TV commercials or billboards or radio advertisements, but yet that local market is still continuing uh, to, to have rates uh, that are equivalent to the 1980s before the internet. So again, if you're able to avoid ad spend waste, get more bang for your buck, add revenue to your profit and loss statement. Again, that's a savvy business growth strategy that you're going to have really gleaned from your digital marketing campaign data. Number five, having a, an, a very clear competitive, uh, a, a clear view of the competitive landscape. You know, we talked about uh, one of the tools on the show last week, rivaliq.com. R-I-V-A-L-I, letter I, letter Q.com. 
great resource for you to, especially if you're in uh, e-commerce, you know, if you're in uh, a business where you've got a a very healthy competitive marketplace for you to keep an eye on what's happening within that consumer uh, landscape as they interact with your competitors. So you're able to really glean insight into underserved areas or people groups uh, when it comes to your marketplace or poorly served people groups by your competitors, you know, and where you're going to find this, it's not about looking at their content. It's about looking at the comments inside of the content that they're producing and look to see, again, what are people saying good or bad about the competition and how might that give you insight and, and provide you with a competitive advantage? You know, maybe you have the same fault, but you're not willing to look at it. But when you see someone comment uh, to your competitor, uh, you know, rather than just saying, ha, 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 look at them, you know, why don't you look in the mirror and see if it's time for you to adjust your own services, your policies, your procedures, uh, so that you can adapt and not, and use their own uh, you know, learn by their own mistakes, learn by their mistakes rather than you having to make those mistakes. So understanding and have a view of the competitive landscape through uh, reading comments that are related to uh, their most popular posts uh, through the social web. And that kind of data and insight is available through a tool like Social IQ, as well as many other social um, analytical platforms that are out there. Number five, brand reach and influence. Brand reach and influence, you know, I think that brings me back to, you know, really the core tenets of, you know, media relations and, and public relations activities, uh, you know, as we've, you know, grown over the last four decades, you know, it was really about having relationships with those reporters, uh, you know, editors, uh, and, and those who are in control of the flow of media. Now, not to say that that is, has gone completely because there's absolutely those reporters who now understand that their Twitter account, their Instagram account, their Facebook or LinkedIn account is absolutely part of their sphere of influence, not just what is printed uh, or, or, produ- or produced uh, online or uh, you know on TV or, or, or on the airwaves, but knowing what their power is. But Understand that breach, uh, that reach, excuse me, reach and influence is also now through influencers. Influencers, you know, obviously are people who have a a great um, sphere of their own based on very specific interests that they have. So, you know, if they've got a great group of followers that really love their content, you know, they have just as much influence as a reporter. I mean, there have been many, 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 uh, you know, reports of, you know, whether it's models or pro athletes, you know, people who are not uh, in the media industry who yield and and who really have the power uh, to influence the public when it comes to specific industries or topic areas because of it's a natural thing that they find interesting and that they you know, share their thoughts and experiences when it comes to trying different products or services. So really being able to amplify your brand reach and your influence with relationships 
uh, and conversations with influencers is absolutely critical. Number seven would be creating and building digital allies. You know, I think that that is another way successful companies in the past have looked for, you know, mergers and acquisitions to be able to leverage growth. But I think that um, in addition to that, that's still obviously in play. But I do think that there is definitely opportunities for, you know, businesses who provide ancillary services to one another uh, to be able to help create, um, you know, revenue share opportunities and lead generation opportunities through social sharing and social mentions, when you have a a coordinated effort between brands who have a vested interest to see one another grow, you can really build a strong network of digital allies to help grow your business. So those are my seven tips for you today. Seven savvy business growth strategies gleaned from your digital marketing campaign data. Again, to recap that, your people growth, finding the right people in the right seat, uh, you know, creating and publishing industry thought leading pieces of content can attract not only new customers, but also attract new talent. Number two, scaling your capacity. Think about your podcast and how you're going to attract vendors uh, who provide those ancillary products and services, uh, as well as hashtags that can reveal Uh, gig economy, solo practitioners, or freelancers. Number three, feedback loops, which are a fantastic source of information. As long as your content is is content produced at scale, but then segmented based on interest motivations can really help you understand consumer trends, uh, the drivers for decision prompts for your market, and really help you avoid disruption and create opportunities for innovation. Number four, targeted underpriced attention helps you avoid ad waste and add revenue to your bottom line, creating a healthy P&L statement. And then number five is having a good, having a solid view of the competitive landscape by monitoring mentions and marketing efforts of your competitor. And then the comments that are inside of that. So you can really look at either underserved or poorly served uh, people groups by your competitor. Number six, amplify your brand reach and influence uh, through media relations, not limited to reporters, but targeted with influencers within your uh, industry area. And that really allows you to leverage their influence. The other thing, you know, that, that I forgot to mention about this is Don't underestimate your internal staff's leverage within their own social media. Just like me, uh, you know, you can find me at Digital Win all over the Internet, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, um, Digital W-I-N-N. So I am just one person, part of a team of digital ops. And so obviously my brand and my reach helps improve the positioning of the brand. And just like you've got people within your own team that have their own influence as well. So understand how to leverage that opportunity. And then lastly, number seven is building and strengthening your digital allies. Uh, you know, you're going to you're going to create revenue share opportunities, lead generation opportunities, 
And you do this through social sharing of one another's content, as well as brand mentions of each other, uh, and knowing that you've got that opportunity for um, revenue share and lead opportunities. You know, and, and, and if you're sitting here and if you're a healthcare uh, business or organization, you're thinking, how are we going to recruit? Uh, how are we going to recruit better staff and nurses? Well, go back to people growth and go back to that content we talked about. If you're in the finance sector or banking sector and you're trying to figure out how are we going to develop new talent when it comes to branch managers and when it comes to uh, the C-suite of people, this is the kind of content and strategy you need to have because of you need to build an infrastructure of people and being able to leverage these digital marketing uh, campaigns will help you do that. And obviously, if you're in the real estate industry, I can't stress enough, you know, uh, scaling capacity and podcast and hashtags and how that implements. I mean, think about the, end, the, the, the real estate industry and how there's all the different people that come to, you know, part of the equation of when a house is either bought or sold, whether it's the roofing company or the cleaning service or the lawn maintenance or the, the lender or the, the real estate agent or the, the pest people or the, you know, water damage report guy or the appraiser, like all the different ancillary people. That's the kind of digital ally network you can build. And if you put that together and, and have it as an overall part of your digital marketing campaign strategy, you can really amp up the, the, your business growth strategies uh, for 2019 and 2020. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. My name is Michael Wynn. I am the Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, a division of RB Op and M Associates. I hope you have a great day and tune in tomorrow.